Many years ago, after World War II, I was attending Weber College. There I met Donna Smith. About that time, I read the two essential ingredients to a successful marriage are a cookie and a kiss. I thought that's pretty good. Balanced. I attended college in the morning then went back to Brigham City to work in my father's garage the afternoon. Donna's last morning class was home economics. I sat by her classroom before leaving. The door had a frosted gas, a glass window. If I stood close to the glass, she could see my shadow outside. She would slip out with a cookie and a kiss. The rest is history. <laughs> we were married in the Salt Lake Temple, and that began the great adventure of our lives. Over the years, uh, I have frequently thought an important principle. The end of all activity in the church is to see that a man and a woman with their children are happy at home sealed together for time and for all eternity. In the beginning, the gods went down to organize man in their own image, in the image of God, to form they him, male and female, to form they them. And the gods said, we will bless them. And the gods said, we will cause them to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And so the cycle of human life began on this earth as Adam knew his wife and she bare unto him sons and daughters. And they began to multiply and replenish the earth. And the sons and daughters of Adam began to divide two by two in the land, and they also begat sons and daughters. The commandment to multiply and replace the earth has never been rescinded. It is essential to the plan of redemption and is a source of human happiness. Through the righteous exercise of this power, we may come close to our Father in heaven and experience a fullness of joy, even God did. The power of procreation is not an incidental part of the plan. It is the plan of happiness. It is the key to happiness. The desire to mate in mankind is constant and very strong. Our happiness and mortal life, our joy and exaltation are dependent upon how we respond to the persistent, compelling physical desires. And the procreative power of nature in early manhood and womanhood. Very personal feelings occur in a natural way. Unlike any other physical experience, 
ideal the lady begins with romance. The customs, the customs vary. It furnishes all the storybook feelings of excitement and anticipation, even sometimes rejection. There are moonlight and roses, love letters and love songs, poetry, the holding of hands and other expressions of affection between the young man and the young woman. The world appears to disappear around them, the couple, and they experience a feeling of joy. And if you suppose that the full-blown rapture of young romance, that love is the sum total of possibilities which spring from the mountains of life. You have not yet lived to see the devotion and the comfort of long-time married love. Married couples are tried by temptation, misunderstanding, financial problems, family crisis and illness. And all the while, love grows stronger. Mature long has a bliss not even imagined by newlyweds. True love requires reserving and the last in marriage the sharing of that affection which unlocks those sacred power in that fountain of life. It means avoiding situations where physical desires might take control. Pure love presupposes that only after a pledge of eternal fidelity, a legal and lawful ceremony, and ideally after this, Ceiling in the temple are those procreative powers released in God's eyes for the full expression of love. It is not to be shared only, it is to be shared solely and only with that one who is your companion forever. When entered into worthy, the process combines the most exquisite and exalted physical, emotional, and spiritual feeling associated with the word love. That part of life has no equal, no counterpart in all human experience. It will, when covenants are made and kept, last eternally. For therein are the keys of the holy priesthood ordained that you may receive honor and glory, which glory shall be a fullness and a continuation of the seeds forever and ever. But romantic love is incomplete, it is a prelude. Love is nourished by the coming of children who spring from that fountain of love entrusted to the couple that marry. Conception, conception takes place in a wedded embrace between husband and wife. A tiny body begins to form after a pattern of the magnificent complexity. A child comes forth in the miracle of birth. 
created an image of his earthly father and mother. Within his mortal body is a spirit able to feel and perceive spiritual things. Dormant in that mortal body of this child is the power to be an offering in its own image. The spirit and the body are the soul of man and their spiritual and physical laws to obey if we are to be happy. There are elements, laws, including laws relating to this power to give life, irrevocably decreed in heaven by the foundation of the world, upon which all blessings are predicated. These are spiritual laws which define the moral standards for mankind. There are covenants which must mind and seal and safeguard and give promise of eternal blessing. Alma admonished his sonship blood. See that ye bride and bridle all your passions, that ye may be filled with love. A bridle is used to guide, to direct, to restrain. Our passion is to be controlled. When lovely used, the power of procreation will bless and will sanctify. Temptations are ever present because the adversary cannot get life. He is jealous toward all who love that supernal power. He and those who follow him were cast out and forfeited their right to a mortal body. He seeketh that all men might be miserable like unto himself. He will tempt if he can to degrade, to corrupt, and if possible, to destroy this gift by which we may, if we are worthy, have eternal increase. If we pollute our fountains of life or lead others to transgress, there will be penalty, exquisite and hard to bear, than all the physical pleasure ever could be worth. Alma told his son Corianthus, Know ye not, my son, that these things are an abomination in the sight of the Lord, ye most abominable above all sins, so it will be the shedding of innocent blood or denying the Holy Ghost. We cannot escape the consequences when we transgress. The only legitimate authorization to express these powers is the procreative power is between husband and wife, a man and a woman who have been legally and lawfully married. Anything other than this violates the commandments of God. Do not yield to the temptation to the adversary, for every debt of transgression must be paid. If thou hast paid the innocent, until thou hast paid the other one for thee. 
Nowhere is the generosity and mercy of God more manifest than in repentance. Our physical bodies, when harmed, are able to repair themselves, sometimes with the help of a physician. If the damage is extensive, however, often a scar will remain as a reminder of the injury. Within our spiritual bodies, it is another matter. Our spirits, when damaged, when we make mistakes, commit sin, but unlike the case of our mortal bodies, when the repentance process is complete, no scars remain because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. The promise is, Behold, he who has repented of his sins, the sin is forgiven, and I, the Lord, will remember them no more. When we speak of merged and family life, there inevitably comes to mind. What about the exception? Some are born without with limitation and cannot beget children. Some innocents have their marriages wrecked because of the infidelity of their spouse. Others do not marry and live in a single worthiness. For now I offer this comment. God is our Father. All the love and generosity manifest in ideal earthly Father is magnified in Him who is the Father and our God. Beyond the capacity of the mortal mind to comprehend, His justice, judgment, or death, His mercy is without limit. To compensate beyond any earthly comparison. If in this life only we have faith and hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Reverend and I use the word temple. I envision a seating room and an altar of the young couple kneeling there. The sacred temple ordinance is much more than a wedding for this marriage can be sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And the scriptures declare that we shall merit, inherit throne, kingdom, principalities, and powers, and dominions. I see the boy joy that awaits those who accept this supreme gift and use it worthily. Sister Donaldson and I have been side by side in marriage for nearly 70 years. When it comes to my wife, the mother of our children, I'm without words. The feeling is so deep and the attitude is so powerful that I am left almost without expression. The greatest reward we have received in this life and life to come is our children and our grandchildren. Toward the end of our mortal days, together I am grateful for each moment we 
I went through side by side for the promise that the Lord has given that there will be no end. I bear witness that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of the living God. He stands, he stands at the head of the church. Through this atonement, the power of, and the power of the priesthood, families which began in mortality can be together through this eternity. The uh, atonement, which we can claim, each one of us bears no scars. That means that no matter what we've done or where we've been or how it was, if we truly repent, he has promised that he would atone. And when he atoned, that settles that. There are so many of us who are thrashing around, as it were, with feelings of guilt, not knowing quite how to escape. You escape by accepting the atonement of Christ and all that was that might be heartache can turn to be beauty and love and eternity. I'm so grateful for the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the power of repropriation, for the power of redemption, for the atonement, the atonement which can wash clean every stain no matter how difficult or how long or how many times repeated, the atonement can put you free again to move forward cleanly and worthily to pursue that path that you have chosen in life. I bear witness that God lives, that Jesus is the Christ, that the atonement is not a mad uh, thing that's for the whole church, the atonement is individual. And if you have something that's bothering you, sometimes, so long ago, you can hardly remember it. Put the atonement to work. It will clean it out. And you, like he, will remember your sins no more. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.